I am Serenity Fisher, and you are listening to Musical World. Hi, I'm Adam Guan, composer and lyricist, and you are listening to Musical World Podcast. Hey, this is Julia Murney, and you are listening to Musical World. Hi, my name is Ryan Scott Oliver. I'm the composer of Mrs. Sharp and Darling, and you're listening to Musical World. Hey, I'm Stephen Cole, the mayor of Musical World, who has been to the Middle East and done musicals. <laughs> it's time to listen to Musical World. Hey, so now, now are you guys both there, or is it just, or is it just Jim right now? We're, we're we, both here. We are both here. Yep. Okay. Hi, Jim. Hi, Dave. Hey. <laughs> so whose voice is whose, though? I'm Jim. <laughs> And this is David. Okay. But I could talk Got really it. low, so it helps to separate them. <laughs> awesome. I can, I can tell, actually. The okay, got it. And, and we can tell between you and, and Michael. So. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people mix us up, but I'm glad that you guys know. <laughs> so, so how do you pronounce the question mark? So that is a good question because we either don't pronounce it and just show it to people when they ask what the show is called, or we let people decide how to pronounce it themselves. So like sometimes so at the Fringe Festival, um, people were just kind of, we instructed people that if they needed to say it somehow, they could just kind of shrug their shoulders and then go, huh? <laughs> so That's like it's kind of pronounced, Prince, huh? what are you calling now? <laughs> So, uh, well, uh, number one, I want you to tell us about the show, but also about, again, your experience at Fringe, which is, this is, what time for you is this? I mean, how many times have you been at Fringe? This is the fifth time. Uh, This is the fifth play. I I kind of can't believe it. Right. That's 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 amazing. So uh, talk about both the show and uh, this year's Fringe, if you would. Sure, yeah. So, um, well, in terms of this show, I decided that I wanted to, um, in my next piece that I wrote, I thought it would be really fun to get to just write only. Typically in the past, I, Robin O'Neill Kissel and I have written this show together and then I write the music, um, which is a lot. So I thought it would be nice to just do the, the writing of the script and then have Michael provide the music and compose the score for it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so the idea, uh, what ended up coming out is this play, which is about a woman who, um, is found wandering and she doesn't know, she can't remember anything about herself. She doesn't know her name or where she's from. She can't remember anything. Um, and so she's taken to a hospital and the most of the play takes place in her sessions with a psychiatrist as they try to figure out, um, who she is. And Mm. then, so we've got... So I, I kind of, the way that I wrote it, the play could stand as, um, it'd be much shorter without the music, but it could stand as a play without music. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. I almost wanted to write something that could stand on its own and then let the music come in as like a third character that mm-hmm. guides us through the play in a, in a mysterious way. And I think Michael accomplished something really cool with that and, and just really like elevated the piece. And Michael, tell us about the score and the process for you. Well, 
well, the, the score actually started with um, a song that I wrote with a gentleman named um, Aaron Nathans, who's a guitar player, songwriter out of the greater Philadelphia mm-hmm. region. And we've been working together for a long time, but I, he helped me finish a bridge for this song that I just sat on since maybe 2009. <laughs> and it's called Crooked Fiddle. And um, so I really um, enjoyed the song, and it became a very important and integral part of the plot and connecting a lot of key moments. And then the rest of it... Um, kind of fell into place from there. The world is a crooked fiddle tune in my head With measures turned around at it then taken out instead Sing to me Oh sing to me Fancy free Alchemy Mind stuck behind, then rewind into the good old days. Ideal wood and steel front, your meals got a feel for yesterday. I need to be intrinsically the way the rhythm used to be. Melinda said that she would swing around the house at eight, but now I'm tapping with the clock, that girl is running late. If I don't break out of this trap, I'm gonna blow my lid. This crazy crooked fiddle tune is dancing around my head. The gears are turning in my head, the kettle's gonna blow. I try to stop it if I could, but I don't know. The drum is talking in its sleep, it says you're out of line. This crazy crooked fiddle tune is tapping out of time. down who really cares when visuality sets me free from the new realities hats hang around bury hair upside down who really cares when visuality sets me free from the new realities bring me right into the light had enough till people live and learn to give the world is crooked fiddle tune in my head with the clock that girl is running late just turn around out of them taking out here and maybe I need to write a few new songs in this section or that section and as it came together I started adding more incidental music behind the dialogue um, than we originally planned and so it became almost like a live 
almost like if you're watching a silent film with live mm-hmm. music company. It, it was kind of fun to be that guy sitting right. there with the cello, just saying, I'm going to change the texture, I'm going to change the mood. And, and it was great to play with that between each performance because um, audiences had a chance to... I could, I could kind of sense and see their reactions a little bit, in my own reaction quite honestly, because it, it still was very fresh every performance. You know, the plot was captivating enough that I just, like, it, I never got tired of it. So the, the music in turn reflected um, the beautiful nature of, huh? <laughs> right, right, oh, yeah. huh? <laughs> right.
Twelve angry eyes look to the sun. Twelve angry eyes search for the blades of the carpenter's sons and daughters. Twelve hungry bears rough them and run. Twelve hungry bears temper the blade while the hunters run. Doesn't smoke the darkness out of me. So uh, how long have, how long have you two been collaborating? Not just on this piece, but uh, working relationship. Uh, Serenity, I think we've known each other since two thousand nine and played mm-hmm. music yep. together from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. I was looking for a cellist for a solo album that I was doing, and um, Michael was recommended to me. And uh, Michael had been living in Cincinnati. He was getting his master's degree in cello performance at CCM, mm-hmm. but he had moved away. Um, and so I, I didn't think he'd, you know, make the trip to Cincinnati, but he did and recorded on my album and started playing music together and uh, collaborating. And then eventually, uh, he officially, I formed a band called Serenity Fisher and the Cardboard Heart. And we kind of made the band thing official, but Michael and I have been doing a lot of, um, we've been doing a lot of duo stuff as well, which is really fun because we do his songs, my songs, some covers in a way that I don't get to play with my band and kind of a mm-hmm. fun, like more low key kind of folky way. And I really like that. So, and as a note, you have one of the best descriptions for a rock band I've ever read. Oh play- yeah. <laughs> playful pop rock with a Tim Burton esque quirkness. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not going to see that? <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. So in terms of um, the show at Fringe this year, this is you're a veteran now. So in, in what way yeah. 
in what way has it evolved? Not um, the, the the fringe itself in terms of serving yeah. artists. How is it different now than time number one? Well, from from the start, let's see. This there, I think there. I'm going to get this wrong. I think they're in their eleventh year, eleventh okay. or twelfth. Um, by the time I started, they were about halfway to the halfway point, and mm-hmm. they already were like just really. It's just a wonderful fringe festival because it's very artist friendly. It's very affordable. You don't have to put a lot of your own money into actually getting into the festival itself. And they do a lot of promotion and all of that. And they're just really artist friendly and they do a lot of events that bring the artists and the audiences together. Um, But what I thought was really cool this year is that the um, the staff of the festival was really doing their best to go and see all of the performances. Which is really a challenging thing because sure. I, you usually just see them and they're just running around constantly taking care of things. So I don't know how they did it because this year I thought they just, you know, they pulled off the festival, but they were also going and seeing the shows. And I just, I just thought that was really neat that they seemed like they had made a really big effort to do that. And I know as an artist, I it just felt really nice to to see them there. And so I I think that the maybe the one challenge that seemed that the festival seems to be having, which isn't really their fault, is that over the run where the festival takes place is getting very developed. And so there used right. to be a lot of storefronts and things, places that they could uh, make stages in and that were close to the theater. But now they have to have theaters that are there. It's like the spaces are getting farther away where they can do that. So that's the tricky thing because when you have the idea is that it's, like a you know the walking festival you can right. walk from thing to thing right. and and so when we had one of our days where we just went to see shows we were running <laughs> between oh. places so that's that I would say is I I'm curious to see you know next year how they might work with that because I'm sure it'll get even more challenging but just in general it's very artist friendly and I was really impressed with the staff and the fact that they were getting out to shows. Well, I've always felt like there are two kinds of fringe. There's the fringe that feels very presentational. You put the show up, it gets audiences, yeah. it's a hit. And then there's the fe- uh, the, the fringes that feel developmental. Do you mm-hmm. feel like you walk away from Cincy Fringe with edits in mind, things you'll do differently, the next uh, the next phase oh, yeah. of a show? Yes. In fact, it was really hard not to just rewrite the whole thing. Oh, and, sure. I, and I'm really proud of what I wrote. <laughs> But at the same time, once we started rehearsing it, it it's just so neat. You, when you're writing it, you can own, your imagination can only take you so far in terms of imagining what it will be like when it's staged. Mm-hmm. So then once it's staged, it's like, oh, yeah, oh, it's great. You get all these ideas for what you might change. And what we'd like to do is take this on the fringe circuit if we can, because this is the first show that I've written that could actually has a small enough cast and simple enough setup mm-hmm. that it could actually travel. And so that's that's kind of exciting because I feel like Fringe is such an opportunity to develop a piece. And and unfortunately, we Robin and I, when we've written our pieces so far, we haven't resurrected any of them, and we'd like to. But what I'm excited about this piece is that it's a little easier. And so, I I'm, I definitely have lots of ideas for development for it. And um, and either of you can answer this, but what uh, in 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 terms of since Serenity, you had mentioned that you know you, you were stepping back from writing the music on this piece. What, yeah. Did you find that easier or harder than you imagined it to be? Um, that's a good question. 
I would say in the rehearsal process, it 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 does become easier, way easier actually, um, because in the past I've acted in the shows, co-written them, and done the music, and so that often has meant that I'm also music directing, mm-hmm. and um, so it takes time to. It's like you don't have as much time to work on the character, and you're wearing so many hats and. And even there have been a couple of years where I said, you know what, I'm getting a music director. And um, but even so, like you have to teach the music director the music because it's a brand new show. <laughs> right. so yeah, it's course. like there's just all these hats you have to wear. So to take off that hat was actually was really nice. And Michael, I I assume you play more than cello. Uh, say again. Uh, I I assume that you play more than cello. You're since you wrote, you composed the music, or did you write it all on a cello? Some of the songs that I had written before were um, uh, written on guitar originally. Okay. So um, I I do play more than cello. I I play uh, I started cello about 21 years ago in fourth grade, and uh, then about two years after that, I started taking free guitar lessons at the summer program, and it was a mariachi or mariachi style guitar. Right. Um, and so that was my foundation. And after two summers, I ended up starting teaching the beginners as a high school student. Uh, and for about five years, I taught beginning mariachi guitar. So it was, uh, the guitar has been a part of my life and um, a big force that has fueled my cello playing because mm-hmm. um, all the strumming, and all the chords I know on guitar, at some point in middle school or beginning of high school, I said, hey, I can do that on cello. Let me figure it out. So um, uh, it's basically guitar helped make my cello career huh. um, even more enjoyable, I think, and, and, and allows me to survive as a musician more easily than I would if I just played straight classical, and that's it. So, and on that same um, note, Serenity, you're, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you do most of your composing on piano? I do, yeah. Almost all of it on piano. I play a little guitar, but um, yeah, piano is, is my comfort zone because I look at the piano and it's like a blank canvas, mm-hmm. whereas I look at the guitar and there are specific things that I know how to do. <laughs> but right, right, right. To just sure. have that blank canvas, it, it doesn't look like that to me, so...
So do you feel like, and I've always wondered this too, I mean, my primary instrument is piano too, and it always has been, mm-hmm. but I always wondered, you know, some people compose a piano score on guitar because it's where they're comfortable. So do you notice when, say, someone like Michael is writing a piece on guitar that, uh, can, can you notice that, oh, yes, he, that, that must have been written on guitar rather than piano? Oh, man. <laughs> wow. I don't know. That's, a, that's an interesting question. What would you say? Can I, can I give it to Michael? Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. Of course. <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, stylistically, maybe chord choices. Um, for me, like, I could I could probably, you know, say, okay, if you know what chords I'm playing and what patterns I'm doing um, and what keys I pick, I might it might be an indication that I played it on guitar. So right. um, think of the most open chords on guitar. We're thinking, you know, E minor, D major, uh, A major, uh, D major. You know, just, or if I'm capoed, it's different, but I don't capo that much on guitar, so I'm pretty predictable. And then for cello, the, the keys I usually play in would be like G, C, E flat major, C minor, G minor, B flat major, mm. F, you know, I, because cello is my main instrument, uh, I'll go anywhere in whatever key, but uh, the more open strings I can use, the more the cello rings. So I try to okay. use that to advantage. So if, I think if anyone heard, then they know both instruments and kind of what their strengths and weaknesses are, then then they might be like, okay, that's a cello song, that's a guitar song. But beyond right. that, you know, depending on how I adapt it, mm-hmm. um, Maybe only in the beginning stages when I'm first switching instruments with it and figuring out a new part. I might be chameleon-esque. <laughs> right, yeah. So post-Fringe, what's what's next for both of you and or the show? Uh, we have some fun stuff coming up. Michael, do you, you've got a lot. Do you want to say your stuff first? Yeah, uh, in general, I mean, we're certainly are both like super busy with teaching and uh, she's getting her album. We're getting all the background vocals for um, the next Serenity Fisher and the Cardboard Hearts album. Actually, it's the, the official the the <laughs> first release of the full band being uh, showcased, and we recorded it in Tucson, Arizona, with my brother for Von Fett Records. Oh, great. And, um, and so we've just got to do our background harmonies, and then it's in the mixing stages, wow. finally, cool. and we'll release it hopefully in the fall. So that's a big task. Um, I'm going on tour at the end of June with my family group. It's a folk trio or quartet, and uh, it's with my dad and my brother and our friend Alex Flores on saxophone, and we're going to be touring the Midwest, the East Coast, and uh, they're driving up from Tucson, Arizona, and it'll be going on for three weeks to a month, uh, end of June through most of July. And um, I guess beyond that, we've got... Wait, do you want to give your... your the name of the group? Oh, please. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Ronstadt, <laughs> Ronstadt Generations. I thought I said it. And I <laughs> um, well, and, and we so, should point out... We want people to know what we're doing. We just don't you know, want to make yeah. it easy for them yeah. to find us. <laughs> and, and we yeah. should point out that, that your aunt is someone that most people would recognize uh, the name of. Yeah. Uh, that's my that's my dad's sister and and uh, somehow my dad picked up Ronstadt.com 
uh, <laughs> years ago. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is great. So That's we, a great story. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we and I and I and I grabbed MichaelRonstead.com from oh, there you go. from people. My dad got it, so um, <laughs> right, right. Because that's my dad's name. His name is Michael Ronstead. Oh, oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's great and serenity. Yeah. And then um, yeah, so the so yeah, so the the, the, the uh, band. band has which is, which last year, uh, so we talked to you guys two years ago when we did Vortex of the Great Unknown. Because it Last year, Robin yeah. and I, yeah, Robin and I wrote a play called Booty, a revolutionary pirate tale. Huh. <laughs> and, um, and we had our pirate band, the band that played the music was my band, um, just huh. minus me. So usually we're Serenity Fisher and the Cardboard Hearts. Um, but I was actually in the show, so they were just the Cardboard Hearts. <laughs> and they got awesome reviews. So that was kind of exciting. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was really fun. And they were excited to do the play again this year. And I said, you guys, I'm so sorry because we're keeping it really simple and it's just going to be cello uh, to answer your question from before. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, and then the thing that is kind of, I've, I've got, I've been having all these little ideas swirling around lately. For one, I keep having play titles come to me, <laughs> like little tiny one line synopsis, synopsize, synopsis, however you pluralize it. Um, so I'm, I've been thinking about, you know, what might be the next project. But I've also just been thinking about how I, I teach piano lessons, and the load is always a little lighter in the summer because a lot of people take a break to mm-hmm. go on vacation. But there are all these, you know, people are, camps are like the thing now with kids. Like they're all mm-hmm. in, they all do camps all summer long. And for the last few years, I've been thinking, oh, yeah, I need to, I've, you know, I've, I've done theater camps before and I've, um, like I, Robin and I, I think last summer did a playwriting camp. That was really fun, but I haven't really pursued developing a program. And I've just had all of these ideas that are popping into my head this week. Um, and I'd like to start sitting down and, and write, really working on them maybe for next summer for doing some kids camp, because I, I think it's neat how there are a lot of kids out there and you can do a lot of different Disney musicals and things like that. But I don't see a lot of original um, plays Mm -hmm. for kids. And Uh I was thinking, like, gosh, wouldn't it be neat? Like, Fringe is all about that. But wouldn't it be neat to have, like, that spirit of Fringe for children? So I'm thinking, like, I want to start working on some shows so that there might be a camp where the show's already written and the kids are acting and directing and creating the set design and all of that. Um, But then I might do, like, a playwriting camp where they create their show based on maybe something that's really important going on in the world or so I'm getting really excited about about that possibility and maybe developing a program for next summer. Well so. Jack, you did one with uh last year with Robin. Yeah, yeah, I did we did do a it was gonna be in the spirit of the pirate play that we did, the pirate musical, it was uh girl girls pirate theater camp. <laughs> so hmm. something like that where we had them we had them uh, write a play, and it was all pirate-themed, um, and it was really funny because in the end, nothing about the play, like, really, like, had any of the kind of stereotypical pirate cliches or whatever, <laughs> but they were, um, it was, it was like, really fun, though. They were just, they were so creative, and it was, it was just, like, it's so neat to get to give kids an opportunity to express themselves and Mm. have a a structure where they can be really creative and free. 
So well, but even more than that, and what's exciting about what you're doing is that the reason why we have, I think, we have so many problems with a misunderstanding that that musical actually was written by someone. That song actually took some time to write before you listen to it for three minutes is because we, we haven't really raised a generation of kids for a long time that have been allowed to do that. That have been allowed to right. write in that way, but nothing, right. nothing teaches people more about that process than doing it. Nothing. No. So that, exactly. That's really exciting. Yeah. For sure. Right. Right. Yeah. I had a student that I was working with today, and she, I teach her piano and guitar. Um, and when she came into the lesson, her mom and her sister, her little sister, were saying, "She's writing a song. She's writing a song." And, <laughs> and she said, "No, I'm not. I was just playing guitar. I wasn't singing." But I don't know why, because it turns out she was writing a song. And so we worked on it in the lesson, and it's really cool. And there were a few times when she was like, you know, thinking of words and things. Where I had, I was like, "Oh, I have a little idea." And I'm like, "No, I'm not going to say it because I want to see what she comes up with." And right, right. It's just really fun watching her in the process and. I love that. I love that. And I've got a lot of students that are songwriters. And it's so interesting to me to think if they, if they took, even if they did take piano lessons, but they were just doing like a really traditional lesson, they might not realize like that they could write songs, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, it makes me wonder like, what, what is it that like any of us never took a lesson in and have no idea that we're like, could be really good at (laughs) Well, no, it's 100% true. And I think, too, in terms of songwriting, there's such a broad understanding of what that is, which is a great thing. But Well, it's a broad subject. I mean, there's so many different variations of right. songwriting that you can go But into. I think convincing anyone, adults and kids, that they can be songwriters is a monumental task. So that's right. that's great. Well, it sounds it's like it sounds like you guys have a lot of free time then. No, and especially Michael, because, like, I really love being a couch potato, and I've just been just really coming to terms with that this year. I just really enjoy hanging out on the couch. And Michael is just, he is, he is inspiring, and, like, our, our goal with each other is that he will help to motivate me, and I will help him to relax. It's a good partnership because over the past many years I've been doing like, I think in 2014, I, I did over 350 shows. I, I, I haven't even finished counting them. They, it's just too much, you know, like, and I, no I was kidding. like, that's why I'm tired. Cause I drove 44,000 miles and did 350 yeah. shows and 50 right. recording sessions. And, and then did I sleep? Probably not. So, no. right. um, it's In fact, you are on the road right now, which you probably oh, pulled yeah. over for this. But and he will I be getting probably and... back in at four in the morning. Oh, <laughs> I'm in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Oh. I'm close to the, oh, the founding of Hershey's Chocolate. Right there, now. you go. Uh-huh. We've got some friends over there. Yeah. It was a good place to stop. Then I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, do you guys have a second for Michael to tell you what he was doing? Because it was absolutely this project he's doing is pretty cool. Great, tell us. Well, well, um, and uh, I put on the mute because I have a little cough. So oh. there's um. So basically, uh, my friend Ken, who I've known since youth orchestra in Tucson, is a cellist and guitar player like I am. 
Uh, but he studied composition at Rice University in Duke, and he's got all these degrees. Been in school for 15 years at this point. And I got out at the master's level. I was like, okay, I'm going on the road uh, in 2008. And, uh, you know, uh, but he, he's a brave soul. And he's getting back into performing a lot. So we've got kind of an ambient um, elect- electroacoustic ensemble that we put together. Um, and we've been playing music together for so long, but he's in Durham, North Carolina, and we got together with another Charles friend from Youth Orchestra, who lives in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm in Cincinnati, and we met at the New Directions Cello Festival and set up a performance that to premiere our project, the Plenary uh, Art Ensemble. And um, it's it's named after like a meeting place, uh, or like a, a business meeting place uh, where you know, all are welcome. And uh, that that's kind of the philosophy that uh, this new group has, and that's the philosophy I've always had with music, is music is to share with people. And so we've, so I got to connect with fellow improvising cello players all weekend in Ithaca, New York, and uh, perform with old friends. That's and great. Uh, we've, uh, might, might be an exciting venture, but that, that's what I'm coming back from. It was a business networking slash making music and um, finding new new musical opportunities. And the and the debut of the plenary the new the plenary what is it, plenary art ensemble? Or, yeah, art ensemble. Okay. okay. Plenary and, and, art ensemble. And Ken, who is the he's the one who's been in school for fifteen years and he's finishing up his PhD at at Duke, um, he is like he I, Michael, maybe you could describe like one of the gadgets that he's created. Like he is kind of like just a mad scientist of like electronic oh, wow. music. Can you explain he's, something? He's, <laughs> he's installed uh, pickups on his guitar, like a pickup per string, so he can affect each string differently. He's, <laughs> he's installed, you know, two preamps on a guitar. He, he <sighs> built his own effects pedals. He he. Um, uses um, the Wii like motion sensor yeah. as a controller so when he does dance movement yeah. it makes sound <laughs> and um, he also I, I mean he, he's he got cool. different all these things you can call an instrument a controller if it's going into some sort of digital processing so he, he creates acoustic type movements and instruments but with digital controllers and he's a technologist in a way and that's very cool. actually truly is and so he's he takes my sound and the other cello player's sound as well as his and then if he's not playing his own instruments and creating his own sound he's affecting our sound so we never know what's going to come out <laughs> and it's, it's 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 so exciting um because in this music world what he does and what we do is something that I've encouraged him to take to Fringe because he's got a story. And yeah. Like with Fringe Fest, but with Cincy Fringe, I mean, everyone's there telling a different type of story, and it's such an open platform that right. you can go tell your story and be welcome. And mm-hmm. and that's the type of thing that I love about this type of musical collaboration and, and all the arms that that connect. And so that's, uh, to bring it back to Cincy Fringe, that's you know, he, he, he's so excited about our project that's, that we did. That's very and, cool. And loved it and helped promote it from Durham, North Carolina, and uh, has met the people in the community 
uh, even more people than Brennan and I have met because he's such an outgoing extrovert and we're both introverts. <laughs> so he's, he's a, you know, so, so yeah, Kenneth Stewart is his name. And, um, he's a person to, to look out for because he's, he's graduating and has a youthful energy of a, uh, one receiving a PhD and ready to yeah. leave school and just go out there and do things. Wow. But he has wow. uh, he has like the energy and pep of like somebody who's twenty two and graduating and taking on the world. <laughs> Not that at thirty one we should be like you know <laughs> feeling like as old and like decrepit as we feel. But anyone wants to check out where we're going to be, we've got performances in the fall um, that we're booking. We. Sorry, I have, uh, I think we've got some performances at the end of June um, in and around Cincinnati and beyond. And you can always go to serenityfisher.com to find out more information uh, on where she's going to be, where her and I as a duo are going to be, or the whole band. And or if she's playing with her dad on guitar, mm-hmm. and I can't make it, or any any iteration of the <laughs> ensemble. Right, uh, right. Serenity Fisher is, is, uh, is her website has it all, and there's some great media there already, and and uh, people can check it out. So it, it's um, it, it's it's it'll be a fun visit, and they can read that um, that quirky description of, of perfect <laughs> as well. They should. The, the well, I, I might steal yeah. it and put it in our notes, our show notes, and, to nice, put the description you. on there. But I'll, I'll also yeah. have links. Uh, in our show notes and on the website for everybody to go directly to. Make 
sight of sharp teeth and precious hide. Foolish wisdom put him at King Lion's right. The wind can blow from east to west and make our dreams seem so confused. Our hearts can roll from That's right. So, Excellent. Uh, all right, yeah, guys. Well, 
Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's great talking to you. Good luck yeah, going on. And uh, if you, yeah, if you get up into the Dayton area, give us a heads up for sure. We'll we'll put the word out. Yeah, we'll do. We definitely need to. We should get back to Ghostlight. Did, so, where do you guys think if we if we book something in Dayton, where do you think we should play next? Well, I I, I think anytime you can play Ghostlight, you should do it. But um, <laughs> yeah, the. Um, I, I, I really do love Blind Bob's. Yeah, I mean, Blind it's a Bob's. great venue and, and, and such an odd, quirky ver- variety. variety, a wide variety on the same night. So, uh, yeah. Wait, what's the venue? Blind Bob's. Blind Bob's. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a great place and they have, they have music about every night. Yeah. Okay. And it's a wide right. variety. They'll have a band, they'll have a folk duo in there for a couple hours early on and then 11 o'clock they bring in the the heavy metal so <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> all right well hey we gotta go guys we've got another call we've got to make but uh okay uh great well, talking to you and good luck and keep us posted and yeah, yeah send great. us whatever tracks you can we'll throw them on here okay all righty. Awesome. Talk Thanks to you later. All right. Take yep. care. Drive careful, Michael. Bye. 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 Hello? Yeah, I'm still trying to disconnect. Oh. I don't know what the heck. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Right, see ya. God, why were they coming up? <laughs> That's like, that, that's like that awkward thing where you're in an elevator and you say bye to someone and the door never opens. <laughs> you've already said goodbye. Blueberry. This podcast is a member of the Blueberry Network. Blueberry. No ease. That's Blueberry. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Dot com. Blueberry.com. <laughs> <laughs>